Welcome to Revealing Jesus. Are you hungry to learn more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? I am your host, Christina Pereira, lover of Jesus, apostolic leader, licensed and ordained minister, author, podcaster, and kingdom party planner. Did you know that the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus? And that simply means the more we learn about our beautiful Savior, the more we will experience all He died to give us. Join me for all things the King and His Kingdom, including revelatory teaching, interviews with Bible ministers, media leaders, authors, and more. Come discover the beauty of God displayed all across the body of Christ. Together, we are revealing more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Everybody has a story. And he says, if we listen close enough and diligently enough, we will find out that trauma that started that story of pathway to homelessness. And if we listen to that, then you can customize the trauma-informed care around it. But if you don't take the time to listen to the story, if you don't take time to get to the trauma, you won't know what got us there. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Go for Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained and life-changing productions who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at christinapereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. He is the founding president and CEO of Haven for Hope, and he has served as the White House's federal homelessness czar. And he is the lead author of the new book, no address workbook and coming out no address movie and so many amazing things coming out on that i have with me here today dr robert marbutt welcome to the podcast thank you for having us really appreciate it oh well i was so excited to talk to you you know um this is an issue that's so close to my heart jesus loves the least and the lost and he's longing for his body to reach out and be his hands and feet. And so when I saw this opportunity, I said, yes, I want him. <laughs> <laughs> well, mo- most of Matthew, it could be, if, if, if you just want to go to, to learn about sort of how, you know, a person's of faith responds to homelessness, if you read 
the Good Samaritan parable and go two or three deep, not just the superficial who helped and who did it, but deeper, mm-hmm. that he came back if, a couple of weeks later. We don't know exactly when it was, but he came back. He said to the hotel keeper, I will come back and balance the bill because we want it. We know this is going to be longer term. We worked, we used experts to help. So everybody worked collect. So if you use the Good Samaritan and really dig deep, deep, deep and use Matthew, it, in terms of homeless, that's what this became. You know, it, it really did. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for caring about this. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? It's a pleasure and an honor. You know, when we first started out in ministry, we held an event called the King's Table. And we literally did the wedding banquet for Matthew. And we went out and we brought people off the streets. We went to the highways and the byways and we gave them the best we could. And we preached the gospel and God just radically showed up. And what I love about your book and your workbook, as I was reading through it, you were talking about how when we don't work together, we can have redundant resources. And there's such power in working and coming together alongside this community. Can you share a little bit about that? We have several important themes, but this is clearly one of the most important, that we need to be collaborating and not competing. It's not just redundancy, but sadly in the community of faith, you'll have a a pastor will see somebody experiencing homeless or a youth group director or the youth group or the mission committee, and they see a problem. And and that's great. And we need that. And they get activated, but almost everybody's first motion, let's go form a nonprofit. Let's go do our own mission rather than seeing who else is working in that space. Who's our sisters and brothers working in that space. And maybe we go along rather than compete with them and create another executive director, another administrator. Why don't we come along and help? And in many communities, not every community. You have great Salvation Armies. You have great rescue missions. Sometimes you have mega churches doing it. Uh, sometimes you have independent groups like Haven for Hope, which is a faith-based, uh, faith-inspired uh, campus. So before you start to compete or duplicate, look around, do a quick analysis. It, it, and it literally only takes a week, uh, two or three days in most cases. And you'll find out if there's a gap. If there's a gap, please fill it. But if there's not a gap, don't duplicate. Let's work together. And we have Max Licato in that section of the, we have a whole video. We have 75 minutes of video that go with this uh, interactive study. And Max talks about it. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, um, I know a lot of people feel they need to do it. I get it. I understand it. But if we really want to really make a difference, move the ball, let's not duplicate. Let's not compete. Let's work together. Let's collaborate. If somebody else is doing females and children real well, then maybe somebody is not doing unaccompanied minors or adult males or adult females, then Mm -hmm. let's go there or go beside the other group and help. Mm, That's so good. It's music to my ears. It's something I say over and over and over again. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to put the wheel together and roll it. And then drive the car. (laughs) Yes. That's right. That's right. Some Um, people spend all their time designing the car and designing the wheel and we never get going. (laughs) They do. They do. But God willing, we're going to get going. And um, yes, I love that you're the first part of this no address kind of 
movement that you're trying to create is a workbook. And in it, you put some really good practical steps that faith-based leaders and communities and individuals can go through, just practical steps um, on how we can begin to minister to those in the homeless community. One of the things that you put in there was actually talking about how Jesus, when he met the lame man where he was, and we have this incredible picture of Jesus as always meeting us where we are. And so we in the body of Christ must meet people where they are. Can you talk about that? That is so right. And we have a theme that I took from a sermon series from Max Licato, and I am blessed. He's been my home pastor, and I'm also, for a period of time, lived in Florida and had David Hughes as my home pastor. So I've had some of the most incredible. And, and in college, I had Vic Pence, who later went to Atlanta, you know, Peachtree Street in Atlanta. So I've been blessed to have just three of some of the best pastors anybody could possibly have, and I had them at different phases. And Max was doing a sermon series. Literally, we were about a year into creating Haven for Hope, buying the land, buying the building, setting up the system, hiring people. And it just happened to be of the top 20 people at Haven for Hope, about 13, 14 of us happened to go to this sermon he did throughout the weekend. I I don't know why we all were there, but clearly it was a God thing because it was not, I didn't say everybody has to go listen to Max this week. We just all happened to be there. And it was entitled, Come As You Are. And God loves you so much that he takes you as you are. Come Mm. as you are. But Mm. he loves you too much to let you stay in that position in life, circumstance, what have you. Yeah. And that really became the new adoption of how Haven for Hope did it, which has now rippled through about 400 some odd facilities around the country, which is we take you as you are, just like. God, take, I, God really does take, I, I, I put my hand up. I'm the biggest sinner there is in this movement. We all are. And in you, so how do you, you know, God takes us, so we should take others. And the Bible's filled with all sorts of stories about you should treat others like you hope God treats you. Amen. And so that's a big part of our theme is come as you are, but let's create an environment that positively allows you to make the changes that are necessary in your life. Now, whether that might be substance use, that might be getting treatment for undiagnosed mental health, it might be job training, might be family reunification, Mm -hmm. it might be paying your child support and being a good parent and being involved in your kiddo's life. It could vary. All of us are different. And so is the community of homelessness is different. So Our theme is really simple. Come as you are and we'll take you as you are and we will create an environment that will get the necessary services or treatment or relationships or friendships to to get you where you would like to be. Mm, I love that so much. You know, it's so interesting to me. People often have this idea of homelessness. They kind of see a lot of the members of the homeless community as people without stories. But the truth is, is that we all have stories. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you and me wouldn't be sitting here. We could be sitting somewhere else. And so I think it's important to remember when we're dealing with the homeless community that people have stories and they're worthy of being heard, you know, and they're all different. And Kenny Wilson, we have a great tape. We don't have him in writing, but he's part of the video. And Kenny Wilson says, 
everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody has this trauma. Uh, almost in the homelessness community, yeah. there's some trauma that went untreated and yeah. now it's exacerbated. It's just the wheels are coming off. You, you're yeah. losing your job. You're substance, you're self-medicating. You're not showing up. You lose your money. You lose your credit card lose your credit rating, you lose your family, you lose your friends after couch surfing, you lose your car, you lose your house. And he talks about it. And he says, everybody has a story. And he says, if we listen close enough and diligently enough, we will find out that trauma that started that story of pathway to homelessness. And if we listen to that, then you can customize the trauma-informed care around it. But if you don't take the time to listen to the story, if you don't take time to get to the trauma, you won't know what got us there or what got that person there, what got the family there. And so it's so important to listen to the story. Mm, I love that so much. And I love that you brought in the Holy Spirit into the book. You know, the Lord knows how to minister to each and every one of us in such a unique way. And uh, he knows how to uh, reach those parts. But there's also practical steps, too, where we come in and we work with those individuals to get them the resources and things that they need. So if someone is wanting to get involved in a homeless ministry or join some other faith communities already working in it, what would you say to them? Well, the great thing we love about this book, my 10 co-authors in this group, and we got the head of Salvation Army. We have... Some of the most brilliant people in the space who do this. We have an MD doctor from John Hopkins in it. And so we have, you know, we have all sorts of incredible people helping us on it. And there are a handful of principles, not many, but one we've talked about before is come as you are. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be, uh, we really firmly believe. In the community of homeless, if you'd say, you got to be clean and sober for us to work with you, or you got to be this, or you got to be that, you might as well just say, why well, have a program? Uh, right. You know, life is gray. Life is colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's the who's going to throw the first stone type of story. Very and much so, so one is come as you are. Next is don't duplicate, cooperate, and make sure you work with another group if they're already there. Now, if you're in, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and there's no other program for family and children, then please step up. Let it do take the lead. Create that nonprofit, but don't create one if there's one's already out there. And then, you know, the old adage of time, talent, and treasures, everybody needs that. And uh, over and over, I've been with some of the biggest ones in the last couple of weeks, and they're saying, I need help with the county. I need a medical doctor who just does primary care. One person was needing a nutritionist. It, it, it's amazing what you need. And if it's just yeah. simply you serve food and you're a friendly smile mm-hmm. to a person coming in, that's needed. That's probably way more important than somebody like me, a technical PhD a policy wonk. I'm probably the least important person in that chain. And so it, there's all that help. And then finally, and this is going to be a tough message because some of our messages, everybody's going to get and they read Matthew and they go and go. But we were really trying to get our, our mind and our heart working together. We want to have a sustainable ministry that will work and last and most importantly, be efficient to help people. 
And one is uh, the really tough question. We even talked a lot about some people were like, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Maybe we don't want to fit. And I'm like, this is a big problem. Let's lean in. Let's not duck. And that is there's a fine line between engagement and enablement. Mm, and yeah. like giving money out at a street corner. I get it. You know, you know the parable of when did you help me? Mm-hmm. I get that. But what I also understand is if you go to a person on a street corner and you hand out a $20 bill, a $10 bill, $5 bill, 90% or more is going to go to alcohol, the drug, illicit drug, or mm-hmm. prostitution. Those are the three primary deals. And by the way, every time I say that, that generally I get bashed by the media and they go, oh, that's crazy. And to date, Every media outlet who doesn't believe that number, they all go, I say, I challenge you, go look in your local community and do it yourself. Every media has come back and said it was more than 90%. And we need to engage people into treatment and recovery. We need to engage people from, we accept you as you are, but we love you too much to sort of let that be the status quo. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a street corner and we're just handing out money Handy, are you doing? Nobody would ever think you would go up to a street corner and say, let me give you a nickel bag of crack, or let me give you some fentanyl tabs so you can crush them up and use it. Nobody would ever think that, but that's what giving money out. So we're not saying don't give money, give money to the really good groups. Mm-hmm. Don't give money out the street corner. Yes, absolutely. Well, as a minister and as, you know, we actually tell people when we go out on the streets, we tell them not to give them money. Perfect. And, and, you know, I was so fortunate to go to some urban school of ministry and things, and they recommend the same thing as well, because you just don't know what's going to happen. It, it could be the last fix that person gets and they end up meeting Jesus. You just never know. We actually recommend, just like you said, to give it to, to other com- faith communities, but also we give out gift cards. McDonald's is great, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, now $5 at McDonald's doesn't go as far, but... The dollar meal's not buying much anymore. (laughs) It's really not. It's more like $8. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, it's so good. I'm glad to hear you say that. And, you know, I'm so thankful for where your heart is and where you want to go with this. Tell me a little bit about the movie and all the other pieces that you have to this workbook. Well, when I was... At the White House, I was getting very frustrated uh, in working with Congress. I'll just be honest. Yeah. That there's some great people. Uh, that, to me, the superhero in Congress of, uh, about homelessness is Congressman Andy Barr from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Just the most incredible. Normally, when you go in Congress, people, and they have the staff talking or they're reading notes, you go into Andy Barr. First time I met with him, he was like, I sort of hit a superficial, here's a textbook congressman, I better brief him at this level. And then he was like, within a minute, we're like four or five deep. And I'm like, I'm having to pull out my phone for data. Uh, and he's like going around. And normally Congress, they're just really superficial on the top. And this guy gets it. He's been talking about it for 12 years now and compassionate, but yeah. he also wants to do it smartly. Yeah. And he's trying to lead the change there. Yeah. But what I think, was if we don't change the broader hearts and minds of a broader community, and I stayed in sort of policy wonk and write all these things I write, 
I found out I wasn't really moving the ball. I was setting a groundwork for a thoughtful, logical, well-informed, data-informed structure, but it wasn't moving anybody. And so I started to think while I was in the White House, what if we did a movie? What if we did something like How Chosen's Going or some of these others that are starting or Maya is done on sex trafficking and domestic violence. And so I was like, maybe I could do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not a millionaire. I I don't have money. I, I don't know these people. I don't know Spielberg. And then out of nowhere, I get this call from Robert Craig of Robert Craig Films. And he says, I hear you know something about homeless. We have a script. We'd like you to authenticate it, which was cool that they wanted it. This is the movie. That's always he was starting with. So I did three rounds of edits of the movie. And I started from a, you know, a script reviewer, like is like the sort of the bottom of the totem pole here, like way, way down. And then now I'm executive producer and just sort of kept working up. And Robert has been so nice to let me be involved. And so we have this movie and the movie is top tier actors. We have Billy Baldwin, just amazing. Ashanti, you know, she already has a Hollywood star. And I think she's probably kill me if I tell your age, but she's much younger than we are. And so she has a star in Hollywood, Beverly D'Angelo from the vacation movie. Oh my God. She's in it. Xander so Berkeley. Awesome. I think Xander asked one of our agents that we're negotiating, he said, do I have to get killed in this movie? Xander's the most killed guy in Hollywood, ah. you know, Air Force One, 24. Oh. He's, I think, killed in like 75 movies and 12 TV series. That's what he's done. I said, no, you're not dying. We want you alive and, and for that. And so Xander's in it. And so these are big name actors with a cool script from Julia Verdine. And so that's going to be to sort of the broadest, wide spectrum. Let's get interested in about it. There's some messages in it, but there's also great story. There's a couple of love stories, like all good movies got to have now. Got a couple of love stories embedded in in it. And so that's what it is. And then we have a documentary. That's that's my world. That's the want world. And so the the documentary, and by the way, the movie should be out in September-ish or so time frame. Everything got pushed because the actors strike and the writers right. strike. And then right. May-ish of this year, it looks like it'll be May, will be when our documentary comes out. And if you really want to know government hard-hitting policy, so that the movie's soft and gentle in there, but the documentary is like we're really messing this up, you know? And so here's what government needs to change. Just like this is what community of faith needs yes. to change, which yes. is the I interactive, which is the interactive study guide is what yep. does the faith community need to change? Then we have a soundtrack. We got a novel that'll be coming out later. And they're all coordinated for different market segments with a mm-hmm. theme running through it. You know, the themes we already talked about and it, it's exciting that I spent the last two weeks with Billy Baldwin in the final uh, parts of set. And he is just a great person. Everybody laughs. I said, how does Robert Marvin, who worked with Donald Trump and George Bush, hanging out with Billy Baldwin, who's, you know, we're different. (laughs) We're different. And he's married to China, uh, who's deep devoutly in the music faith community. Mm. And what we found is in the terms of homeless, we almost agree on everything. And at, mm-hmm. I mean, we were literally talking about this last night. We agree on almost everything in the homeless. And so we've agreed mm-hmm. to work together 
and we're about ready to do five or six joint appearances and everybody's billing it as like the grub match and, you know, the politics. And a lot of people don't know about William Baldwin, uh, mm -hmm. we call him Billy, is he worked on the Hill for a couple of years before he got into acting. Wow. I didn't know he that. He has a very big policy background. He has, a, uh -huh. I think, a political science degree. And he got into law school, but he kept getting too many projects that he never got to law school. And I'm like, you know, go back to law school. And he said, go back to the 60-year-old in law school class. <laughs> I said, hey, you kept getting deferrals, you know. I don't know. You know? But, it... And so that we really are starting to feel like it, there's something special happening mm -hmm. here. The spirit's yeah. touching it in a different yeah. way. People with incredible diverse backgrounds, philosophy are coming together, may not agree on anything else or a lot of other things, but on this, that we're all coming together yeah, and like want to make a serious effort to see if we can stop because street level homelessness. And, and I'll just quickly hit this because it is probably important. Always hit yeah. the federal government has 10 definitions of homelessness and they're all different and such. Mm -hmm. But HUD, Department of Housing and Urban yeah. Development, has 1.2 million adults. Department of Education has 1.5 million and 650,000 of the HUD number is that street level that you see, that the media focuses on, that you see the visual and such. That population is now doubling every five years. And so plot out what happens if you go yeah. out 25 years and you yeah. double every five years. Yeah. And if we don't okay. make an change, we're gonna lose our cities, we're gonna lose rural communities. It's no longer just happening in big cities, it's happening in rural America. Are you longing for supernatural direction and insight from God to discover the plans He has for you? Do you want to overcome sleep disorders and night terrors? If then, I've got a great resource for you. Author and passionate prophetic minister Jennifer Ivaz's latest book, Awaken the Dreamscape, The Building Blocks to Understanding the Supernatural Power of Your Dreams is now available. Don't dismiss your dreams, instead awaken to God's voice in the night. With this book, you can finally understand your dreams discover prophetic revelation, and gain new victories in your life. Just for being a Revealing Jesus listener, you get 40% off and free shipping with promo code REVEALINGJESUS at familyownedbakerbookhouse.com. Be sure to pick up a copy of Awaken the Dreamscape today to connect more deeply with the one who never sleeps and receive supernatural revelation from Jesus. Link in show notes or visit bakerbookhouse.com. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. You know, at this moment right here, the other day, it reminds me of uh, my husband and I watched this documentary um, on, I, I forget whether it was either Netflix or Hulu, I can't remember which one, but it was when they made the song, We Are the World. Do you remember that back in yes. the 80s? And they brought together like the biggest names in pop music. And they recorded the song for, you know, Ethiopia to, to fund things like that for hunger and missions and things like that. And it was so incredibly powerful. And I looked at my husband and I said, can you imagine if the church came together to do this? And, you know, my ministry, that's what I do. You know, unity, we are powerful together, people. Like we can do this together to be the hands exactly. and feet of Jesus. But what you're doing, it reminds me of that moment with We Are the World. And I, I think it's so incredibly beautiful. And I, I applaud 
what God is putting together. And I believe that you will be successful and I believe it'll be powerful. And I believe it is coming out of the heart of God because his heart is for people. And it's always for the least, for the lost, for the broken. Absolutely. That's who he is. And and again, if you're a person of faith, read through Matthew. Mm -hmm. You're a person of faith. Reread the Good Samaritan's story. Not just the superficial, but go deeper into that. Go into the analysis. And that's why we chose to make the Good Samaritan story the first story. Because on one level, everybody knows it. So you start with commonality. And then we immediately get in much, much deeper into the Good Samaritan story. And I guarantee, I've, I've been on this planet probably longer than most of your listeners, I'm guessing. And I had never heard a sermon about Good Samaritan other than that sort of top mm-hmm. level. And then yeah. I meet Reverend Brandon Thomas, who like, I said, well, why don't we talk about Good Samaritan? And he says, only if we don't talk about the superficial top, which is important. He goes like way down and he gave yeah. me this whole hour. And I was like, I missed all that. I mean, yeah. and, and he's brought it to life for me and the importance of digging deeper in that. And if you just go to those two, it will really improve how you deliver services. It will make you more efficient. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, it's a faith thing. I think you want your brain and heart together because if you get yeah. your brain going together, a Peter Drucker style of management, it does two things. One is you have better outcomes, which is really what we should be all about. Mm-hmm. And second is it makes it financially sustainable rather than, oh, you're always like scrambling to make it. And you want to have a well-run group that's clinically based, that's well-run, mm-hmm. but you also need to make it where that keep your eye on the business side and yeah. the, you know, the information processes and the strategy and the systems. I was fortunate to go to the Peter Drucker to get one of my masters from the Peter Drucker mm-hmm. School of Management, biggest guru ever. But a lot of people forget his last six or seven books, but maybe five books, were written about what faith, he, he did faith-based, but he didn't call it, he called nonprofits. How can mm-hmm. nonprofits yeah. learn from the business community to be more successful? Yeah. And he said, how can corporations learn from nonprofits? And it was, a, you know, this is a guy who would, I don't know how many books, 60, 70 management books, biggest management guru ever. And at the tail end of his life, he said, I think I'm doing the most important work I ever did. And it was about how to help nonprofits become efficient, effective, and sustainable to have better outcomes. But also, how do you get that tenderness of nonprofit and into the business community? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear that you're saying that because I think sometimes in the faith community, there's this idea that in order to be faith-filled, that we're not well-led. And that doesn't have to be the case. That was polite. <laughs> uh, I think it's, the, I mean, it's sort of like that engagement, you know, enabling thing, giving money yeah. out the corner. I know yeah. a lot. And there are a lot of people who want to lead with their emotion. It's sort of like, we're getting graded on effort, not outcomes. And I'm a college professor, and I always remind my freshman students, high school, especially junior high and elementary, we give you grades for effort. Yes. You know, even if you're making it up, you get an A for effort. Well, when you get to college, when you get into the real world, you get into business, nobody gives you a grade for 
I, I know of no college in America that gives you an effort grade anymore. Yeah. At yeah. some point, you have to take that effort and convert it into real outcomes, measurements, success. Yeah. Too many nonprofits, I can't tell you how many nonprofits I go to and I talk to the person. I literally did an interview the other day with a faith-based commentator and they said, well, in the end, it's what matters in their heart and effort. And I go, that's part of the story. Absolutely. But let's do it efficient because sometimes yep. if you try to help somebody, sometimes you actually make things work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's hard right. to say. And, and yeah. we're saying, let's have brain and heart going at the same time. Let's have faith, spirit, good common sense, all working together. Amen. And it's going to be much more effective. It's going to be much more efficient ultimately will help so many more people. Amen. I couldn't agree more. You know, the way I see it, people always say, oh, you know, you've got that entrepreneurial, you've got that nonprofit, but you've got the faith-based, the Holy Spirit side of it. And I'm like, those two sides aren't competing. Those two sides are working together. God is using that business, that entrepreneurial to ride on. And the way that I see it at the end of the day, God gave me both my brain and my heart and he anointed both. Yeah, we, we got it this great. Uh, I got to say, Kenny Wilson, who he appears, I think, six or seven times, but each sentence is like a zinger. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like the zinger man. And so he, he said, uh, he's looking right in the camera and he goes, and he said, God gave you a brain for a reason. Use it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, is that a little too? But yeah. we, we chose not yeah. to. We want to be respectful. We want to be dignifying. Yes. We want to come along groups that have had heart for a long time, but yes. let's now add the yep. systems management, that those core principles. Likewise, I, I've come across candidly more in government, maybe more in business, who are really at this level, but they don't have the heart. We got to have yeah. both. It yeah. can't be one or the other. It has to be both operating at the same time. A term I've been using a long time. I went down to a city, deep Southeast, I won't name, don't want to pick on it, but they got up and they said, well, we have Dr. Tough Love here. And that became on a newspaper cover of the local oh. newspaper that Dr. Tough Love arrived. And I've never used that term. Everybody says, you're oh. a tough love guy. I've never used tough love. I use smart love. Yeah. That's the term I've always used, smart love. Yeah. You can be smart and loved at the same time. And I think we can, if we approach homelessness with smart love and, and get everybody working together, stop enabling, start engaging, focus on time, talent, and treasures, all those great principles, and, and sort of adopt a philosophy as come as you are, yes. uh, we're going to make a difference in this. Amen. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Well, this has been so fun. I wish we could just keep going on and on forever. I see nothing but love. And would you like to pray for our listeners today that they can engage in their brain and their heart and come together? Oh, Lord, please bless the, the people experiencing homeless and help them. Yes, Jesus. Help them to find the way out, to get to accept the treatment and not fight getting help. Whether it's treatment, love, a job, but to accept the help. Help touch the families who also go through the homelessness and sometimes maybe suffer more than the person experiencing homeless and they're trying to do everything they can and give them the wisdom to help and touch the families that are along 
experiencing that homeless. And thank you and blast and help open their hearts, open the minds of all the volunteers, supporters, financial supporters, and, and administrators and staff of the great agencies we have in America helping and help bless them and help touch their hearts and help them engage with their sort of thoughtfulness and common sense and such. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. This was so fun. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for caring about it. And anybody can go to No Address the Movie. If you just type in No Address the Movie, you can go see all five of the different things. And we hope people, when the documentary comes out, you know, click on it. You always want to be in that top 10. That's probably how you found your documentary you were talking about. You want to get where people start watching it. And the more watch it, then it goes up. And then people, what is that? Why is that running so high? So I hope people will click on through that website. You can find out about the interactive study guide. And we have both group sales for if a church wants to buy uh, 50 copies, 100 copies, or a youth group wants to buy 25 copies, whatever. There's, there's a group sales there. But you can also go on to Amazon if you just, I want one book for myself to look at. You can go on to Amazon. And and we got, you know, the soundtrack. And, and uh, uh, we're real excited of the, the entertainers that we have coming on board. So we've got the soundtrack coming out, which will also, will have, both sort of, I guess you don't do albums anymore, but you got an album, but it's also part of the movie and then we'll have yeah. a book. And so whatever person plug in somewhere and thank you for your interest in this. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, we'll definitely put links to all those resources in the show notes once this airs and I so appreciate it. So you can get a copy of the interactive study guide. And just like he mentioned, I'll put on a link to where they can check out the movie and everything. So. Sounds good. Great. Thank you so very much for caring about this and, and really appreciate you having us. Of course. Of course. My pleasure. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links for resources in the show notes under Revealing Jesus with Christina Prayer, wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to connect with us and our special guest and pick up a copy of the new interactive study guide, No Address, and connect with Dr. Robert Marbutt. And until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Beloved, let me introduce you to my King. He is altogether lovely. No matter which way you turn him, he is perfection personified. He is velvet and steel. He is meekness and majesty. He is glory and humility. He is kindness and strength. He is all together lovely and he is my king and he can be yours as well all day long he holds his hand that you might take that you might turn one step one grasp one yes one breath away from the arms of your loving savior beloved if you hear him calling today do not harden your heart the bible declares that not one of us is guaranteed another moment upon this earth so pray this prayer with me today and run into the arms of the one who loves you, who knows you best. Father, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin, for all of the places that I have fallen short, God, of your glorious standard. I ask you now 
to send your son into my heart to be the forgiveness of my sin, to be my redemption, to be my righteousness, to be my holiness, to be my sanctification. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to fill me with your spirit, your power, your glory, that I might bring glory to your name, Father. I thank you that I receive all of this by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. I thank you that I am now a child of God, fully forgiven, fully righteous, fully holy in your eyes. And I ask you to help me walk out this life in a way that pleases and honors you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. I thank you for your love, for your kindness, for your great joy in saving me. And I thank you, Father, and I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in your beautiful Son's name. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you. You are now a child of God, and all things are now yours. Keep listening to Revealing Jesus. Find a good Bible translation that makes sense to you. And keep hearing about our beautiful Savior Jesus. Please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you. And we want to send you a free PDF copy of our New Believer Workbook. Just go to christinaperrera.org slash welcome hyphen home. Enter your email address and we will be happy to send this free gift. And continue to pray for your journey. God bless. I sincerely hope and pray today's episode has blessed you. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation. We are all evangelists of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like this episode, rate it, share it with a friend. If it's impacted your life, let them know that you want it to do the same and theirs. Help spread the word of the good news of Jesus. Subscribe to the mailing list and get episodes, articles, downloads, and more sent right to you. Link in show notes or just text Jesus to 1-833-815-7778. Again, that's Jesus, 1-833-815-7778. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us at Christina Prayer Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.